a lot of women can identify with not having like being super confident in the way that their body looks. I think that's all of us. Like we all have oh, yeah. things that we don't like about our bodies. And, and I think putting ourselves out there is one of the, one of the things that are in our, that goes through our minds. Like, Oh, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not a model. So why would people want to follow me? But I think just the fear of people judging me or my body um, was something that really was at the forefront in the beginning, but um, I pushed myself out of that, you know, comfort zone. And honestly, I have not had like people body shame me or anything, anything like that. Um, especially now women crave that representation, right? Of seeing someone that looks more like them. Welcome to the Her Inspired Journey podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Levesque. I'm here to bridge the gap for women in the outdoors, support families, and roll out your weekly dose of positive vibes. With almost two decades in the health and fitness world and an untamable passion for hunting in the outdoors, my mission is to help you move boldly in the direction of your dreams. Join us here weekly as we talk about fitness and mindset, accountability, as well as all things hunting and epic untold stories. In this episode, I am joined by Hannah Markham, who was a really cool conversation because I had actually not talked to Hannah before outside of just some messages here in line, uh, here and there on Instagram. Uh, but she's really fun to talk to. We talk um, actually just about some of her gear reviews, um, her life and how she shows up for women online. She is known as Hannah the Plus Size Hunter, and she really just does a great job at helping support other women and helping to narrow down what may or may not work best for them as hunters and checking out new gear. So I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. We also talk about female urination systems, um, which was interesting just to hear her feedback on that. We talk about her recent um, turkey hunting trip, which she took a lot of success away and lessons learned in that. So this is a fun episode and I think that you'll enjoy it. Y'all need this episode, but first a quick word about today's sponsor. Having subpar binoculars can make finding game a real drag. And to be honest, back before I had good optics, I hardly used my glass. I was too frustrated with eye strain, foggy lenses from the Pacific Northwest drizzle, and frustrated that I couldn't see the critters other people in my hunting party could. I'll never forget the last day I used my old binoculars on a hunt. I was chasing spring bear in the Oregon rain and I was fighting fogged up lenses, trying to judge the size of the bear I was stalking in on. Fast forward a few months down the road when I was introduced to Maven Optics. I'd never heard of the brand, but was insanely curious after looking through a buddy set on the archery range at the Western Classic in Reading. Maven's glass is fog-proof, waterproof, and scratch-resistant. Not to mention its edge-to-edge -edge clarity, crisp detail, and low-light transmission are phenomenal. Do yourself a favor and go check out their award-winning glass now at mavenbuilt.com. You can use the code herinspired-gift to get a little something extra at the checkout. No matter what kind of adventure you're on, water is always a key element, from the backcountry to car camping to an epic road trip. Making sure that you have clean water is always a must. Sawyer Products makes awesome filters for every application. The Sawyer Tap Filter, which is recently introduced, removes biological contaminants, guaranteeing immediate clean drinking water when you need it the most. Head over to Sawyer.com to see what they have for water filtration for your next adventure. All right, welcome to another episode of the Her Inspired Journey podcast. I am talking with somebody who I'm really excited today to get to know with you all. I'm talking to Hannah Markham out of Texas. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to get to chat. So give me this elevated view of you, your life, what that looks like, and where you live, Hannah. 
Yeah, so live in Texas, have lived, born and raised, um, lived here all my life, never never uh, ventured out <laughs> in terms of living somewhere else, but I have lived um, in different cities, but all within the DFW area. So uh, growing up, I, I didn't hunt, um, didn't grow up hunting, but uh, found my way, you know, to it via my boyfriend, which I feel like for a lot of us ladies is like, that's kind of how a lot of our stories begin. Right. And so, um, started bow hunting and I have been bow hunting for six years. Well, this, this fall season will be my sixth like season. Um, and then now this year I'm expanding my, (laughs) my options and trying to learn more about firearms, which is a lot. (laughs) It is. I feel that even as somebody who grew up as a rifle hunter, there's so many things that I don't know about, you know, rifles in general, but there's just, I feel like there's constantly this evolution of, you know, long range shooting, different ammo rounds coming out, you know, it's just, there's an ever changing world we live in as far as um, hunting in general, but definitely in the rifle world as well. Yeah. Yeah, and just kind of trying to decipher all that and figure out, like, that's, I feel like that's the hard part, right, is, like, who can I, whose information is, like, the right, the one that I want to listen to, I think, is probably, (laughs) because there's, you know, everybody, everybody has their opinions, and, um, totally, they don't always fit. Well, honestly, like getting advice or mentorship or just figuring out what to go with and what to believe or what will work for you. I mean, think it's like everything on the Internet is true, right? <laughs> like it's that philosophy when you're approaching something new like that and trying to figure out like what you should follow or what you should be watching, listening to or learning from because you're like, what what's actually correct and what's incorrect Um, And there's a lot of information out there that's just not helpful or solely based on opinion. And so it does, I think, make it a little hard to depict what you should focus on. So it is overwhelming, I think, with a wealth of information. Um, And in that case, I think it's really cool that, you know, if you can reach out to, and I'm sure that you're supported and surrounded by a lot of people within your community, maybe online or in person, of people who can have more of like a hands-on mentorship. Have you found anything like that in your area? Yes. um, And that's such a great point and I'm glad that you you know kind of brought that up because that's something that I am seeking out um and also which I it's not necessarily like 100% important but for me personally I think seeking out um advice and mentorship from other women just because I, I had my first turkey season this um this spring and first time using a shotgun and like I thought that I was decently prepared (laughs) and I ended up not not necessarily being that (laughs) that prepared just because like you know you sit um you go and you you put your back on a tree or whatever and then you have your legs up and ideally your shotgun is resting on your knees so that you can stay still but like I found very quickly that like my legs aren't long enough (laughs) (laughs) Um, to have my shotgun support my knees. So just those kinds of things, like I can't get that advice from the guys that I hunt with that are all over six feet tall. You know what I mean? Like, cause they don't know that that's going to be something that I'm going to struggle with. So I actually am um, in September planning on going to this like women's weekend where um, you get to go to different classes and I think just being surrounded by other women and getting to ask those questions that you're not, um, embarrassed to ask, you know what I mean? Um, is going to be so amazing. (laughs) It's so true. And, you know, there's some relevance to it for sure. When you think about body shapes and sizes and, you know, even like fitting packs around your chest. And like, there are definitely things where women learning from other women, not only feels more comfortable, but it makes a lot of sense because there is that relatability, Um, But honestly, I just love that there are so many more avenues for women getting to 
learn and educate together because I think no matter whether you show up as somebody who is an instructor or educating or you show up as somebody who is there to learn and just grasp new things, we all take so much value out of that. And just having that common bond and camaraderie, I think is like invaluable in this realm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Awesome. So tell me a little bit more about this um, September weekend that you're going to. Is that something that you want to share or promote? Sure. Or? Yeah, I can, yeah, absolutely. It's um, put on by Wilderness, which is W-I-L-D, her, N-E-S-S. And they're out of um, Missouri. And that's where the that's where the event's going to be. So I'm actually going to travel to go. Um, but the women who started that organization, they do so much outreach in their area for um, not just women. I mean, that is part of it, but also just getting people into learning more about outdoor activities, hunting, fishing, those types of things. And so this is just one um, event that's geared, that is specifically geared towards, towards women. And it's going to be um, September, I think 25th. I think that is a Saturday um, through the, hold on, I'm pulling it awesome yep 25th through the 26th um and registration actually opens on thursday july 1st so it's all happening very (laughs) very quickly so so yeah it'll be um, a lot of fun well i made notes of that and we will put that in the show notes as well so that people can look that up maybe they're in the area or can travel but no it's really awesome and going back to the point about just learning from other women it's funny because there are times i feel really conflicted like I love learning from men as well. And I think that they have um, an intensity about them sometimes that makes that learning experience fun. For example, um, Joel Turner with Shot IQ up in Washington, he's a shooting coach and he is a phenomenal teacher and he's very intense. And learning from him is fun because he just has a way of kind of getting in your head a little bit which almost deepens and solidifies the things that you're learning. So I think that there can be a great gamut of, you know, learning from men, learning from women, learning from groups, learning one-on-one. But in your experience, what have been your biggest takeaways in learning more from like a women-involved group? Do you feel like that is different for you? And if so, in what ways? I do. Yeah. And I agree with you because I, as I mentioned, I, when I'm actually out hunting, I'm, I'm actually hunting with, I've never hunted with another female. So the things, the majority of the things that I've learned have been from other men. And I absolutely am so thankful and grateful that they're willing to share their knowledge with me. And I actually think that, um, in my experience, they're very excited to get to teach you things. Um, so I love that, but, um, there is something very different about getting to talk to another woman about your, you know, pain points specifically. Um, because guys, there's just not that connection there. They don't, especially certain things, you know, like, um, that pertain to women's bodies specifically. Um, you can't, you can't, like you could talk to them about it just to have, you know, a, a, a sounding board, but getting that reciprocation back of like, Oh, well, this is what I do and it works for me. And I don't know, give it a try. Um, there is something very different about that. And I think you go into it feeling already this, like this sisterhood is almost already unspoken sisterhood is already there that, um, you get each other. Whereas I feel like a lot of women who hunt and do so primarily with only the guys in their life, um, you miss out on that in person and, and even getting that in within like an online community is just like a great support system to help you keep going. Well, speaking of support systems too, I feel like you are a big advocate online for women of just like all different walks. Um, Can you talk a little bit more about that passion and how you're showing up for people online? Of course. Yeah. That's my, that's my favorite thing to talk about. Um, So, yeah. So 
all the things that you and I just talked about are, are things that I am very passionate about because I think just sharing your experiences, um, you never know, first of all, who you're going to reach, but then I've learned so much doing like sharing my experiences and getting that reciprocation back from other women. Like I learn, I'm so glad that I, and to, to answer the question of like, what, what do I do? So on Instagram and YouTube, and I also um, use Facebook, I started out my like hunting pages as um, like on Instagram, I'm Hannah, the plus size hunter. And that's because I wanted to share my experiences of trying to find women's hunting gear that fits my body type as a plus size woman. Um, the first two, really two, two years of getting into hunting and trying to find things that worked for me. I mean, I definitely used my boyfriend's like hand me downs, but I quickly learned that like pants specifically, his pants don't fit me well. And like, if I'm tripping over, my pant legs like that's not the best use case like for being outdoors because you could hurt yourself or if you get in a situation where you need to defend yourself like that's just not ideal right so trying to find those things was was a challenge and um my boyfriend did encourage me to kind of you know, put that out there, um, share my experiences. And so now I do a lot of women's, um, gear reviews on YouTube, on Instagram, share the things that work for me. Um, and I've gotten a really great response from that because women identify with all of the things that I share. So, um, building that community that I have for myself has been so valuable for me and I hope for other women too. Absolutely. And I have yeah. no, I have no doubt that it is because I just see such authenticity and true value in the things that you're putting out. Have there been, I mean, has that been hard for you to put that out there or what has that journey looked like? Sure. Yeah. So at first I did not want to do it. <laughs> like my boyfriend encouraged me to do it um, because he knows like I have a marketing background. Um, so speaking um, in front of a camera and doing those types of things, that part of it isn't intimidating. Um, but in the past it was never talking about, personal things that like had to do with me. Um, and I was afraid that I would get, I would get a lot of negativity for, um, I don't know, I guess promoting myself as like a plus size woman and just the fear of people judging me or my body, um, was something that really was at the forefront in the beginning. But, um, I pushed myself out of that, you know, comfort zone. And honestly, I have not had body, sh like people body shame me or anything, anything like that. Um, which has been great. Um, because I think a lot of women can identify with not having like, not having like being super confident in the way that their body looks. I think that's all of us. Like we all have oh, yeah. things that we don't like about our bodies. And, and I think, um, putting ourselves out there is one of the, one of the things that are in our, that goes through our minds, like, Oh, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not a model. So why would people want to follow me? But I think especially now women crave, um, that representation, right. Of seeing someone that looks more like them. So it's been an awesome thing. And now that um, I'm actually trying to get more healthy, um, I've lost 40 pounds in the last year. And um, that also kind of brought some apprehension on my part because, because now I'm like, well, what if they followed me because I'm plus size, which I am still plus. <laughs> I'm still plus size. Um, but yeah, I kind of struggled with that a little bit. Like what if people aren't going to be supportive of, of me kind of changing 
that aspect of my life. But same thing, um, women identify with that too. And uh, I've learned a lot of things about me and my health and some of the struggles, like the reasons why I struggled so much um, with losing weight over the last 10 years. And um, I do have PCOS. And so just kind of going through that discovery phase in my life and, and also sharing that part online, um, you just you never know how not alone you are and stuff. And I think it, it is, you put yourself in a, you're putting yourself in a vulnerable situation. But in, for me personally, I have always gotten a positive experience doing that. That's awesome. Yeah. But in, in all honesty, it doesn't matter what shape, size, sex, you know, color, like it, none of it matters because we can all relate to vulnerability. Yes, exactly. So in that journey of you losing, did you say 48 pounds? Oh, just 40. Well, that's fantastic. So congratulations on that, um, you know, which is awesome. And then, you know, to speak into that apprehension that you were feeling like, well, how will, you know, if I show up now as this, will people not be able to relate? Or the thing about it, Hannah, is we can never control somebody else's comparison or jealousy or thoughts about us. And it's, I think, one of the hardest things with an online presence to remember sometimes is though we value, and I'm sure that you do, you value the people in your community. We don't get to control and we shouldn't care necessarily what they think. And that's hard to do. Yeah. And that's something I'm, I'm, I've learned, um, especially over the last couple of months. Um, by nature, I, I am a people pleaser, which kind of gets me in trouble um, when I'm <laughs> having, and I don't want to say like an online presence, but I guess I kind of do. And um because I need to stay true, like, and I'm, this is something that I'm learning that like, I need to stay, stay true to my values. And that's the thing that, you know, at the end of the day, if I give myself that gut check, like, okay, you did this is, does this align with my personal values? Then that's really all that matters. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to do anything other than the things that are important to me. Cause exactly. You can't control other people and what they do. You can only control yourself. Are you ready to upgrade your glass game? I've been running Maven Optics for almost six years through some of the most rugged, thick, wet, and unforgiving terrain in the West. My optics have held up in every condition and have no doubt led to some epic successes in the field. Their award-winning glass is packaged up with functionality, brightness, clarity, lasting performance, and cost in mind. With Maven's lifetime warranty and direct-to-consumer, no-retail-markup business approach, you can rest assured you'll be getting the best binocular for your buck. Head over to mavenbuilt.com to see their full lineup of binoculars, binoculars and rangefinders, rifle scopes, and spotting scopes. And because you're part of the Her Inspired Journey community, you can use the code HERINSPIRED-GIFT and get a free gift with your purchase. Did you know Sawyer has more than just insect repellents? From first aid kits to water filtration, sunscreen, and of course, bug spray, Sawyer always has your back. Look for Sawyer products on shelves at your local Walmart, REI, Bass Pro, Cabela's, Shields, Sportsman's Warehouse, or even on Amazon. Now, back to the show. What has been one of the biggest... Um, revelations or lessons that you've learned in showing up online? That putting yourself out of your comfort zone, kind of stepping, stepping out, taking that risk um, has been so rewarding for me. And it just continues. Like I have, I have grown as a person so much by continuing to challenge myself. And I think that that also relates to hunting because everything <laughs> with hunting is a challenge and you can give up. Sure. You can say this was too hard. I'm not doing this again. I suck, whatever, but persistence, um, empowering through and all of those things are just going to help you grow as a person. Yes, absolutely. 
So in this questionnaire that I sent over to you, Hannah, um, I was asking, and this is something I'd like to just inquire with friends and, and guests on the show, because I think it's a really powerful question. <clears throat> but I asked what you wish you could go back and tell your younger self. Oh, I think I told myself that I wouldn't want to, I shouldn't be like a watered down version of myself to try to appeal to more people. Yeah, absolutely. There's yeah. so much power in that. And yes. I don't know about you, but that's definitely something I could have echoed as, you know, a teenager, as, you know, in college, all through. It's just like, I feel like sometimes we do just kind of water down our personality, our passions, our desires, because we don't know if it checks the boxes for everybody around us. Is that something that you still feel like you are trying to overcome now? And if so, what does that look like for you? Yeah, so I think being a, a recovering people pleaser, <laughs> um, there definitely is that, that, um, that element of that where I'm just like <sighs> trying to figure out what makes me happy and what uh, enriches my life and the people around me. Uh, is kind of hard. It's been hard to do and it's been a process um, of over the last year, really um, setting boundaries and things like that, that I've never really done before. And I think um, that's just something that you aren't, I would imagine that most of us aren't taught to do as children. Um, If you are, that's amazing. And I, (laughs) I am like jealous of that, but um, yeah, I think just, Focusing on those things um, in my now, I'm, I'm in my early 30s and I look forward to how my life will progress now that I kind of have and living, living through that lens, if yeah. that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So talking about setting boundaries, holy cow, is this <laughs> a hard area <clears throat> for people to do? Because whether you're a people pleaser or not, I think it's it can be really hard to stand up for yourself and what your needs are. Um, Whether that's with your, you know, inner circle or your outer circle, what kind of things have you done and what areas um, or actions have you um, put out there to set those boundaries, to create more of a healthy space for yourself? Yeah. So um, I, I read this on some Instagram post or something that was like, the people who are going to push back from you setting boundaries are exactly the kind of people that you need to create boundaries around, (laughs) (laughs) which is so true because the people that like, you basically need to set boundaries for people who take advantage of you or make you feel, um, a certain kind of way, negative way. Um, because it's not about you at that point, it's about them and them not respecting some of the things that, you the way you want to live your life or or conduct yourself and things like that so I I think there's also this misconception that like to set boundaries you have to tell those people this is my boundary and you don't (laughs) you can you can tell yourself okay I'm gonna do this thing um you know kind of like if if this than that, those kind of statements. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to tell that person. If if this thing happens, then you're going to do that. And it doesn't have to be a conversation with the, those that person, those people. Um, you just do it. And no, those people probably aren't going to like it. And it is very hard <laughs> in the beginning. Um, and for me personally, I think I had to have a lot of uh, self-talk to myself to, to tell myself, you're going to, it's, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Because <laughs> yeah. it is tough. It's tough. It is very tough. Well, I think there's a couple of things about boundaries that make it a little more difficult than others is one, when you're first implementing a boundary, 
people don't recognize that. So the same behavior or action that was trying to occur this time that has worked in the past, now all of a sudden there's a, a roadblock. And people, yes. people don't like that inconsistency. And second, boundaries are hard because we are the most guilty people of not being consistently, you know, implementing that same boundary. That's true. Yeah. And if you are wishy-washy, that's going to be, yeah, even more confusing for, for, for those people because they're going to be like, I don't Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> exactly. No, it's, it's hard. And it's something that I've been kind of talking about recently too, is just trying to figure out where you can protect, you know, your, your own time, your own space. Um, and just, yeah, setting boundaries is, is one of the most difficult things I feel like I have done. Um, and for me, I feel like it's a little tricky because then as somebody who is also a certain level of people pleaser, I feel guilt. And so then it's like, okay, I set this boundary and I'm doing this thing that should be healthy, but now I'm just sitting here feeling guilty for not showing up for them or guilty for not saying yes, you know? So do you ever come across that? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, because this kind of ties perfectly into what I do with my online community of like doing review gear reviews because I come from a place of wanting to help people, um, predominantly now women in this the hunting space, and that's that's why I do what I do because I just I love I love getting to help people. Um, and that is very hard to be a person that's like a person of service. I actually also went to school, um, college for hospitality management because I wanted to be in the hospitality, you know, service industry, but <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not in that anymore. But, um, yeah, that's saying no is so hard for me because you think that people are going to, immediately feel differently about you. I think at, the, at least that's the way I feel. Like if I tell people no, like, Oh, I'm not helping them. Um, but then if you, if you spread yourself too thin and you do everything, you, if you're doing too much and you're, you're spread too thin, you're not giving your best self to any of those things. You're Definitely. only halfway doing everything and then you eat, feel worse. So you kind of have to think about things in terms of like, am I really helping that person if I'm only giving them half my energy? I mean, yes, but it's not helping you. So it has to be mutually beneficial. And that's kind of where my mind is at now. Whenever I, I think through things about like, Ooh, do I want to take this on? Is this something I can give myself to a hundred percent? Absolutely. And I think one thing that I really struggle with and, and maybe you do or maybe listeners who are tuning in do is that when I get in those seasons where I'm spreading myself too thin, I become resentful. Mm -hmm. so, so not only am I not showing up well and I'm being the best version of myself, but then I also start to have like negative feelings towards the project or person that I'm working on. And so I think we can all do ourselves a service and, and everybody's heard this, you know, if you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. But if you really just picked and choose to that degree, like, okay, I'm going to go and do this event. But if I do that, I'm missing this two days of this. Like, I think you really have to make an assessment of it because we live a, a little bit now in a society where more is better, more is glorified. Um, and everybody wants to not miss out on the thing, you know? So in turn, I think we're all just living such chaotic lives at times that, you know, we're almost just doing ourselves uh, that disservice by packing too much in when then you lose the value of the things that you're doing. Yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely. So talking about the hunting industry, doing these gear reviews, talk about some of the brands that you have been really happy with and maybe even a little surprised about how much you've liked the gear. Yeah. So being that when I first started doing um, gear reviews, I was a, a 3XL and that is a challenge to find things in a women's cut that is a 3XL. So in the beginning, I was very interested in um, 
DSG outerwear because their size range goes from extra small to 5XL and they are currently the only um, women's camo hunting gear that that is within that size range. However, um, I think that they have in a way um, it feels a little like they've saturated the market because it, it seems like a lot of women are wearing it. And, and that kind of becomes like, Ooh, like so many people are wearing it. Is it actually that good? And so that's kind of where I came, came. That was where I was thinking whenever I first purchased it and did my first re, um, video review on it, which was, is now over a year old. Um, but I, it is very good gear. Um, and I can say that because I have a lot of it now. <laughs> and, um, and so that's the one that I always, you know, tend to lean towards the most. However, I am very excited, um, because it seems like a lot of brands are coming out with a women's line. I know Badlands is coming out with a women's line, um, Forlo, which is a little bit of a lesser known, camo brand, but they're made in the USA. They're actually based out of, um, Montana. They're going to be coming out with their women's line soon. And so I'm all about just like options because we are all different and we all hunt differently and we all have different preferences. And so the more that we can choose from the better for all of us, that's, that's the way I feel about it. Absolutely. What do you think about packs? What have you tried or, um, has that that is an area that I, I am going to dive into. Um, but man, is it, (laughs) is it intimidating and is it a lot? Um, so I'm actually planning, um, a review period for a few different ones, um, this year to kind of try to figure that part of it out. There are a couple that I have my eye on that I haven't purchased yet, but I have, I have plans. So you'll have to stay tuned (laughs) for that. Definitely. Another one I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on would be boots. Okay. I like hiking boots as opposed to the ones that are branded specifically for hunting uh-huh. um because i think that they last at least in my experience they last longer okay i don't know how you feel about that <laughs> you know i don't really know because any of the the hiking boots that i've um had have been a very like um low support okay <clears throat> they're not super rigid and my hunting boots are typically a more rigid built boot So I don't have a great comparison because I'm comparing apples and oranges in that scenario, but it, I agree with you. Hiking boots generally are a little bit more comfortable. I live, literally live in athletic gear almost a hundred percent of my life. So I'm always in tennis shoes. So when I put on a, a hunting boot, it's like, business time for me I'm like okay here we go you know so it's different but I think when I'm in a tennis shoe or a hiking boot that feels more like a tennis shoe my foot's a little bit happier um but yeah I'd be interested as you you know maybe do a little bit more in that just kind of your thoughts that's something that I think is very specific for people as our clothes and as our packs but having the right boot when you're hunting is it's like a make or break especially if you're going back country you're doing some mountain mountain hunting or logging a few more miles, you know, so um, that's something I think can really be a game changer for people is getting into something that supports them and feels good and, um, you know, is keeping the feet happy for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because that's, that's one of the things that um, will just help women who are new to hunting enjoy their experience even more, right? Like if you don't have the right shoes, if or if you don't have the right clothing, sometimes that's make or break for people. And so finding stuff that fits and is comfortable and, you know, during the late season is going to keep you warm, that sets people up for success. And I, when, if, if a woman stopped doing it because she wasn't able to find those things that worked for her that like that kind of breaks my heart I don't know (laughs) I don't know why that is but it just like I think because I love it so much I want them to love it that much too but I know that that's not like 100% always going to happen some women are going to try it out and be like "Mm, it's not for me and that's great and that's okay um 
But if that's the reason, oh, I just want to be like, I can help you. <laughs> well, and that's a huge factor. Honestly, it is. And of course, like you said, hunting or hiking or outdoor experiences aren't going to be for everybody. And that's fine. But it absolutely makes or breaks an experience. You know, it's just like the saying, first impressions mean everything. It's like mm-hmm. your first experience, if you go out there, you're wet, cold, tight, you know, whatever. If you're not prepared correctly for those elements, it's really going to taint your opinion of that experience. Absolutely. And when I have gentlemen come to me or they say, you know, send a DM. I really want to get my girlfriend or my wife out in the outdoors, but I don't know what to do. My very first thing, just like you said, is to echo, make sure she's comfortable. You know, it's just like taking a kiddo out, honestly, and I don't mean this to like degrade women by any means, but like the experience for somebody who is not necessarily born and bred for the outdoors is make it short and sweet, you know, make them comfortable, give them an option, give them a choice on where you go, what you do, how you do it, because I think those things will interest people instead of turn them off to it. Absolutely. Yep. So tell me, Hannah, what is your favorite hunting experience so far? So my favorite hunting experience so far is actually this, uh, my, this turkey season that I just, that just ended and I had my first out of state hunt, um, hunting turkey in upstate New York with my boyfriend's uncle. And the season ended without me getting a bird, which is like, really, Hannah, that's your favorite? (laughs) You didn't even even get a turkey, but it was just, it was so different than the way that I have hunted over the last six years in Texas. And um, just the different, I think, landscape and the challenge. And I learned so, so much in three or four days that it was walking away from it. it. It was still so valuable for me to get to experience it. And I can't wait. I hope we go back next year and every year that we can, because it was just so fun so different. And yeah. (laughs) Why do you feel like that was, you know, I hear your experiences and it's funny because you said, you know, really Hannah, like you chose the one where you didn't get anything, but like talk about the value in that experience. Would you? Yeah. So I, um, I think just getting to learn from someone new, first of all, because I was hunting with my boyfriend's uncle for the first time and he's been hunting for his whole, like his whole life. He's, he's gone and hunted so many different kinds of animals. Um, and just the knowledge that he was able to give me because he really was with me next to me the whole time he called, he called him in. And, you know, when we would get set up, he would, you know, kind of walk me through, okay, do this, okay. And, I mean, he got on to me. He <laughs> was like, you're, you're moving too much. You need to stop. You need to try to stop. And and I think just working through um, some of those things with him was, first of all, just like such a good lesson, like a, just a good hunting lesson that I got that I haven't necessarily had because, um, whitetail hunting has for me, um, we all hunt me, my boyfriend and his dad, um, typically have always hunted the same property, but we sit alone. Um, and I love that too. I love getting to have my own time, but I think getting to experience having someone watch me and correct me on the spot, um, is something that I haven't had before. And it, while it's, uh, <laughs> it's not easy, it was it was really valuable for me. Yeah. And you know what, honestly, that can build such confidence because now going out there, if you were to turkey hunt on your own, you're like, okay, I know that I need to move less and I know that I need to look for this or do that, you know? So it's really cool that you can have that mentorship from somebody who has been through the paces in that realm and can, and can teach you because, you know, it's great to have online resources or to have, you know, different things that you can pick and choose from, but unless you're almost being coached and corrected in that time there are certain things that you might continually do that would not necessarily lead to a successful hunt so that's great that you got to have that experience I think that there is a lot of value to be taken in the unsuccessful if you will hunts the not notch tags um, coming out of a season without having 
you know, filled whatever it was you're going after because, and, and this may be cliche, and I think a lot of people really eat this up when you say, oh, it was a success, even though that there wasn't a, a tag filled. I, I hear so many people hate on that. Like, you know, it drives me nuts. But if you are not out there to also enjoy God's country, if you are not also there to soak up the solitude and the sounds and the smells and the quietness and the stillness and all of those things, if you're only there to harvest a bird or a deer or an elk or whatever, I feel like you are missing so much of the greatness of what hunting truly is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think too... For me, like, yeah, not getting not getting a turkey this season is like eating me up too. So that next year, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm. This year is going to be my year to to use that experience and think about, okay, what things could I could I purchase or how could I practice to make myself more successful the next time. Whereas if you get a bird, I at least for me personally or any animal, you know, if you if you go on a hunt and you get it you're not thinking about those things necessarily. I mean, maybe some people do, but you're like, oh, well, I mean, I was successful, so I guess I did everything right. When, I mean, surely there are always things that we can improve on. I think it's just, it's that much more in your mind when you when you don't. <laughs> Amen to that. Hey, by the way, Hannah, did you not just do a review or post online about like the Shiwis, the Go Girls? I sure did. Yeah, okay. I have a blog on uh, misspursuit.com about that, about um, three different female urination devices or pee funnels, you know, whatever you want to call them. Um, and yeah, I would love for, I, if that's something that women are interested in learning more about, I would love for them to to go read that. <laughs> um, and then I also have have some posts on it. Um, on my Instagram too, because there's, there's a lot to learn. There's a big learning curve with those. (laughs) I've heard. And some of the things that I've heard, I have not used them. I chickened out in the whole process. Um, cause I didn't want to piss all over myself, honestly, but, um, I heard don't wait till the last minute until you really got to go. Cause you can get backflow. Um, it, it can be tricky depending on what you're wearing. So give us like a 60 second rundown of your takeaways. Sure. So I will say for me personally, I have tried the Go Girl and the P style, and I prefer the P style. Um, the P style is a rigid; it's like a very solid plastic, so that it doesn't fold over. Like if you don't hold it right, like that's not something that you have to concern yourself with. Um, but yeah, don't uh, you have to practice <laughs> beforehand? That's the key. That's the number. If you take nothing else away. Um, takeaway that you have to practice and when I say practice I mean like at home use it in the shower use it in the bathtub go stand over the toilet um go out do it in your backyard before you take it out in in the woods um because you will you will pee your pants um (laughs) if you don't do that um because there's just things that we don't know to do when we're going you know naturally um so yeah, don't wait until you cannot hold it anymore because you're, you, that's just asking for an accident. And then, uh, the other thing I would say is, um, that I've heard from other women, I haven't experienced this necessarily is that if that pee funnel gets really cold and you're putting it up against your body, like it can kind of, well, first of all, it's not great. It's not the best ex- feeling or experience, but like, you, there are things that can happen where you like, you can, your body contracts and like, you kind of can't go at that point. And that's not fun. (laughs) Yeah. Generally speaking, I'm like my 12 year old son and I wait way too long. I'm like the adult grown ass woman. That's like waddling through the store to get to the back to find the bathroom typically. So, um, may not be ideal for me. Uh, but what scenarios, like, are you using it in a tree stand? Sure. Like, where sure. are you finding this helpful? Yeah, and I'm, I'm with you, actually. I'm typically that person, or at least when I first started using um, those pee funnels, I would wait, 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 because it's not something you really, I'm going to be honest, it's not something that I really want to use, that I love using. No, I would, I would, I'm in the camp of, like, I would rather hold it and, like, 
try to use an actual bathroom, but I don't, and I've heard that women like limit their water intake so that they don't have to go, which I do not recommend. Please don't do that. Drink your water. Like that is so important (laughs) when you're out there, like, and especially if you're, you know, spot and stocking, walking miles and miles, like please drink water. Um, but, um, yes, I've used it in a tree stand. I have used it in a ground blind, but I will take a container so that the, you know, it funnels into something, sure. something. Yep. um, but yeah, on those days where you're sitting all day and you don't want to get out because, or get down because you're worried that it'll bust, like bust your hunt, it ruin your day, whatever. That's a perfect time. Um, if I, if you're in a place that doesn't have a lot of cover, Um, Mm -hmm. and you don't want to pull your pants down all the way because you never know who is, uh, looking at you, (laughs) um, or who could walk up on you because that's my biggest thing is that like, I just, I, I don't want anybody walking up on me while I'm like, you know, squatting because you're so exposed. Um, and then also like on public land, I would think that a lot of women would just rather have something that they can stay, they can go standing, turn around and still be pretty covered up. Yep. Totally. No, I think all of those are really good points. Um, I think about that a lot too, when I'm hunting like spring bear season here in Oregon, because we're hunting a lot of cuts and open areas, you know, so if you're thinking about that and very oftentimes I'm on one ridge glassing, I mean, miles around me and, you know, there's so much that you can see most people up there have a spotting scope and it's not the biggest deal, but the last thing I want is, you know, somebody over there who's doing the same thing as I'm doing end up coming across my naked butt so I totally feel you I think sometimes like I wonder how many tree like trail cameras I've peed in front of you know what I mean I'm like oh gosh but I guess that kind of comes with some of that nature of that right and it is one of those things that's like oh well I mean they whatever like okay fine and I, I I can I can recognize that and um they're not pee funnels are not for everybody if you don't want it that's fine. Um, but I also think I would much rather, and this is, uh, like at events, I would much rather use a pea style now than go in a porta potty. I'm just saying. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Totally. No, some of the, yeah, I'll, I'll leave that one alone, but yes, I've seen some porta potties where I'm like, I would rather pee my pants in public than use that yes. bathroom. Can I squat behind a bush yeah, rather exactly. than use a porta potty? <laughs> Well, Hannah Markham, you have been an absolute pleasure to talk to. Um, where can people connect with you, read more about um, what you got going on and see some of these gear reviews? Yeah, so people can find me on Instagram and I'm Hannah the Plus Size Hunter and there is a period between each uh, each of those words and there they can find all of my links to things that we've talked about today. So my YouTube, some of the um, articles that I've written for Miss Pursuit uh, and all of those things. So that would be the easiest place for them to go and connect with me. Awesome. Well, I wish you the best of luck this season. I hope it's a great one for you. There's lots more lessons. And also just your cup of memories is totally full, Hannah. Thank you so much for having me. Once again, thank you for tuning into the show. We hope that your cup is full and you're ready to embrace your untamable vibe. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a favor? Help us grow our audience by sharing your favorite episode on social media, sending the episode to a friend and leaving us a review online. We love to hear from you. One more thing, be sure to press that subscribe button and never miss a weekly episode. See you next week.